Welcome to It's Not Good to Be Alone, the podcast where we discuss all things dating, relationships, and marriage. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Hello and welcome to episode three of our podcast, It's Not Good to Be Alone. This is Mark. And I'm Kim. And we're glad you joined us today. Just a quick little recap. Last time we talked about the benefits and the reasons you should get married. And that segues into today's topic. And this is where we're headed. And we're going to ask you the question, why? Why are you dating? What is your purpose? What is the point for dating? Do you have a reason? Do you have a purpose? Have you thought about where you want to go in terms of your dating or just relationships in general? I mean, what what do you want the journey to look like? And I guess just to start the conversation, we could say there's probably two main options when you think about dating. Number one, people would date with an end goal in mind. For example, I someday want to get married and I want to have a family and I want to have Um, a life that looks like that. And if that was your choice or that was something that appealed to you, then to get from A to B, you would have to take a particular pathway to make that happen. The second option is something that it looks like we see a little bit more frequently now where the end goal isn't really a goal. It's just, well, I'm here to have fun and I just enjoy sex with a bunch of random people till I get older at some point, probably in my 30s, maybe later, 40, and then I'll settle down. And that seems to be a lot more of a common approach. But of course, there are some pretty big drawbacks to this idea as well. I came across this tweet the other day, and uh, it said that getting married at the age of 25 to 27 is like leaving a party at 8 p.m. You know, it really caused me to stop and think because if I were to answer this question of why are people dating, I think just based on this tweet, based on even some conversations with people recently, I don't necessarily think people are thinking about why they are dating. I think it's just something that they do. In fact, I don't think dating has even become something that they do. It, it's become more of um, a label because there's the talking stage, there's the hanging out stage, you know, and then when they're dating, somehow that becomes so serious and so committed that, uh, you know, it's, and it's hard to keep track of the labels because they keep changing all the time. But coming back to it, I do think that uh, thinking about why you are going somewhere with someone on a date. What is the purpose? What is the point? Why am I doing this? Is this a person that I want to invest in? Is this someone that I could see myself with long-term? Those seem to be important questions. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's interesting as you were saying that, I was thinking that it's like the app culture has added another layer to the whole journey it's in people's minds you know it used to be before apps were here that the journey of of getting connected with somebody started with a date and it looked like different than it does today 
and, and it involved communication. We'd go things, get to know people, do a lot of different events, and, and over the course of time, build a relationship, and then at, at a predictable point, it would either go further or it would break up. Now, it's like in the minds of a lot of people, dating doesn't actually start until after you've swiped them a few times or you've had this sequence of hookup for a while and then you see if you want to keep going forward and then we begin what they call dating or what some people are referring to as dating which of course when you think about that relationally logically almost seems backwards or it it seems unnatural in many ways and when I look at that I think well it's probably no reason that people are a frustrated, confused with dating because it doesn't make sense. And you're right in that regard, it doesn't make sense. And they're dissatisfied with the result, which again, that's almost predictable because when you do something backwards and it doesn't work out and you're like, wow, this doesn't work like I envisioned it to work. Yeah, I can understand that totally. Uh, What struck me about the tweet that you saw, hundred and some thousand likes. So there's a good chunk of people, obviously, that have that same sort of sentiment that really what what my 20s and early 30s are for, just having fun. It's just about partying. And that's the app swipe Tinder culture just having its way. And I guess for me, the assumption is that they're making is that there is no impact to my life by doing that. There's no long-term impact. There's no relational impact. There's no downside to doing that. It's just like, I'm going to put relationships on pause. I'm going to do this other thing that I'm not going to call dating for a while. And then in my thirties, I'm going to pick up and get serious. Yeah. It's kind of um, interesting to me that people are so intentional in their life, especially, you know, many people going through high school, they feel the pressure to know what they're going to do post high school, whether that's university or technical school, they become very intentional with their path forward, um, intentional about their career. And yet when it comes to relationships, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of intention. And I think that's something we really want to emphasize in this episode is um, beginning with the end in mind thinking about becoming very intentional in your relationships instead of just thinking, well, I'm just going to see where this goes. I mean, you don't do that with your schooling. You don't do that with your career, you know, um, have some intention. I think that's a great point where you compare it to your school and career in other parts of life. You know, they're very Uh, serious about that and they just sort of throw caution to the wind now when it comes to their relationships. I guess I'd like to go back and touch on this idea of consequences. I think the whole premise of saying I'm going to wait till I'm 30 or 40 to get serious is making a huge assumption in my opinion is that assumption is wrong that it doesn't matter what I do because basically what they're saying if I'm going to wait till I'm 30 or 35 to get married, it doesn't matter what I do starting at 18 all the way to 30 or 35. I can just live like craziness, plow through a ton of hookup relationships, quote, sow my wild oats, end quote. And then I'll wake up one day magically in my 30s and say, you know what? I've got a good career. I've got a nice car. I've got a place to live. Let's find somebody to get married. And that should work just fine. 
but there are some serious drawbacks and consequences for that kind of an approach. Well, here's a thought. Why not have someone that you walk that journey with? You know, it's a lot easier um, even going through school early in your career when you have someone um, that has your back. You know, someone even as just as practical as splitting the bills. You know, instead of um, developing all of this independence and thinking that, oh, at 35 now, all of a sudden I'm going to become a good partner with someone, it really is a lot easier starting younger and building together. And again, um, beginning with the end in mind. You don't begin thinking this relationship is going to end. You know, you begin thinking, is this a good person for me? Is this a good, even looking at it as almost like a business partner, you know, is this someone that I can build a life with? And uh, looking at the business of family or the business of your household or um, the business of your investments and investing in your future, is this someone that I could do that with? Exactly. I mean, that's it goes back to the idea of an intention. What is the purpose? And then I, I want to go back, go back and visit this idea of the consequence. I mean, if you if you think about it, going through your 20s, just plowing through a whole bunch of sexual relationships and thinking that each one is meaningless or it's sort of just preparing me for one day when I'm going to get married and thinking that that cause and effect will have nothing uh, to do with or have no impact on my final marriage is such myopic thinking it's unbelievable to me it basically is saying that every sexual encounter that you have is absolutely meaningless and we know that that's not true on any level physically there are memories made neurologically with people that you form sexual bonds with and those bonds last a long time. There are chemical bonds that are made in addition to the neurological wiring. Think about the emotional connections that you develop with a person. Every time you have sex with somebody, um, for the women, oxytocin is released, the bonding hormone, and there are deep connections made. And over time, you know, if you keep replacing that, your ability to, to create a, a deep bond with somebody is harmed. Think about the memories, the comparisons. Oh, there's number 11 versus number 19 versus number 26. And, and all of these things come play and you think that your mind magically will erase the hard drive of your life the day you get married, that suddenly all those past experiences will just go away, that they won't be in your memories, they won't be in your history, they won't be in the habits, they won't be in the attitudes and the mindsets that you have formed during those years. I mean, there's a reason they call them the formative years, and that, and that doesn't necessarily end when you're 18. I mean, you still are building habits and, and belief systems and mindsets. And then let's talk about there is a third dimension to life, and it's the spiritual dimension. And we, we have seen in, in the scriptures that talks about there's a way to do life, there's a way to live that yields its best experience for that. And of course, it talks about when you have sin, sin pays a wage. There's a consequence of sin. It's called death. And we reap that consequence in the form of um, experiences in our life. And so relationally, if I'm doing things that are considered to be sinful, and we can have the conversation later about why or why not. 
but let's just say that they are, that means that I am doing things that are bringing death into my future or death into my relationships and expecting to have no impact when I wake up and decide to get married one day. So I, I think a lot of people ignore the reality of consequences. I know that you've talked to a lot of people about kind of the emotional baggage that comes with them uh, when they go from relationship to relationship or just from experience to experience. And that emotional baggage is a real thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And um, I think it's really evident. It's almost comical when uh, people are seeing each other, but there isn't any real commitment. And then they, one of them, or, you know, may quote unquote, step out and uh, see someone else or have um, have a physical affair with them or whatever. And why? So if this isn't a big deal, I can't ever understand why people are upset over that. You know, if uh, if everything is as casual as it is and it shouldn't mean anything, then really it, there's no reason to be upset, hurt, jealous um, when the person you're with or care about um, is stepping out on you. So, you know, it it really is meant for um, for marriage and to be in that committed relationship where those feelings and, the, and emotions are protected and honored. I, I love this idea just because it, it points back to the design, how we were made. We talked about, you know, you were come from a relationship into a relationship made for relationship. And it wasn't necessarily plural. We know that, you know, polygamy never works. It's not a great idea. So, you know, we're not building this habit, this mindset, this belief system that having six or eight partners at the same time is really going to work. It's not a viable solution. And it's almost like the Tinder world is kind of training you for that. Because when you hear stories about people that do app-based experiences, they're sometimes juggling anywhere from two to four to some guys boast five different people that they're quote-unquote seeing at any one time, just essentially hooking up and thinking that somehow that's going to prep you for marriage or somehow that's going to get rid of a phase of your life that'll just go away the day you want to get married. I mean, that's not reality on any sense of the world. And to think that that's reality is, is part of the problem. And that's maybe where I kind of wanted to go with this idea about thinking in previous generations they didn't stigmatize getting married young it, it was not thought of to be such a negative like it is now I mean I, I know you've, you've seen that with people that this idea of getting married in younger even in the early 20s is really thought down on compared to how it used to be yeah and um, you know even in talking to people that have married later uh, that you know, at that point, they wish that they would have, you know, married younger or been with this person, you know, a, an extra decade that they're missing out on. But um, so what are some ways that we can date with intention? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think there's some practical things. Some of it has to do with our mindset. I mean, I think the first thing we have to reconcile is, okay, am I going to get serious about this in the sense of saying, I'm not just going to turn my life over to Tinder and I'm not just going to follow whatever Tinder or whatever app that I, you know, have gives me. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more serious about my choices. And I think you have to decide, as we, as Kim said, 
beginning with the end in mind. In other words, okay, I realize that someday I do want to get married, and maybe that's not right away, but whatever my relational journey is going to lead me towards marriage, I still have to know where I'm going. If you think about the map example, you just don't start driving. You put it on ways or maps, and, and, and it gives you a path. And so there is a path to get where you want to go. And that has to begin with knowing the kind of person that you're looking for. And everybody has, you know, it's famous in Pinterest and some of these apps. Oh, what's my list? What's on her list? What's on his list? And so often it's superficial external things that aren't really the big ticket items that make difference in whether you can be satisfied with another person. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, I mean, I hear this from ladies all the time. You have to be six, two or above. They have to have a certain amount of money. They have to have, um, you know, whatever kind of job. And then these same people will turn around and get mad at a guy who says, she's gotta be hot. She's gotta be beautiful and smart or whatever. So, but either side of the coin, the coin, you're still looking at external qualities, which of course are important to a degree, but they're not the only thing. And I think your list has to have things more than just external like well i think character you know yeah, integrity um there are the the negotiables and the non-negotiables and you have to know what your non-negotiables are and when you know what those are i think as people of faith that is definitely a non-negotiable um when you know what they are you don't even you, you don't even bother with somebody that is not like-minded with you um you, uh, you know, you want to go to places where that ideal person that you're looking for would be hanging out. You know, if you, if you're looking for a man with integrity, you probably aren't going to find him on Tinder or down at the local bar. Good chances that you're not. Um, you want to involve friends and family. I, th I think that is a huge one. Um, people that know you, that, um, that you trust. Um, I'm thinking of a, a young gal one time where I asked her that question and she said, oh, I, I know somebody I can ask. And when she did, they said, we've been waiting for you to ask. We have the perfect guy in mind. And um, we were blessed to be able to go to their wedding yeah. a year and a half ago. So Well, and it's funny how that has become such a lost art because so many young people are willing to throw their future in a very sterile antiseptic app versus let's think about the people that care the most about you. They have two things, people that know you the best and people that actually have a vested interest in your welfare, your close friends and your family. The app doesn't care, only tells us what other people say is true and it may not be true. But friends and family know you and they're not willingly gonna hook you up with somebody who has nothing in common with you or who they feel is gonna be bad for your future or is not a good fit. So it, it almost is mystifying why you wouldn't start there. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, the beauty of the apps, of course, is you widen your circle and you can meet tons of people that you wouldn't necessarily just in day-to-day -day life. But at the same time, you still have to narrow it down to somebody who's going to be a good fit mentally, emotionally, spiritually, integrity, have the same values, the same sort of belief systems. And I think that's, you know, we'll talk about this in a later episode, but when, when it comes down to the things that you have to have in common, there really aren't that many. You don't have to have the whole laundry list of all the things that I like is the same as she likes. I think you could distill it to three or four major categories. 
Obviously, a big one is faith. Do you see faith the same way? Do you believe the same things? And probably closely followed would be politics, just because it's such a divisive thing. And it's really reflective of how you see the world. And so, you know, political parties being what they are today are completely opposite. And so it's pretty unusual that a person of one party can be connected to another party just because they're so diametrically opposed in everything they stand for. So you would probably need agreement on that and, and some general philosophical things of life. But everything else can be negotiated. Everything else can be worked through. Are you a dog person or a cat person? <laughs> yeah. I think that that's a non-negotiable. That's a non, yeah, exactly. I don't want to go on record and saying what I am, but I have very strong feelings about that. <laughs> no cats for me, but anyway. Um, and then, of course, I think the last thing that is important when you think about going forward and, uh, and having a plan for your dating is would you consider setting a boundary for physical, for the physical aspect? In other words, am I going to have, is there anything going to be off limits? Am I going to save anything for my marriage partner? Or I'm just going to say whatever goes, goes until the day I tie the knot. Because if I choose that option, as a person of faith, of course, that doesn't line up with what scripture says and the plan says and, and the design says, but also that's opening the door to another set of bags that I'm going to carry with me into my marriage as well. So it is a kind of an important question. I know today's uh, modern person thinks that's ridiculous that you would somehow restrict yourself or hold back, but there really is a lot of ancient wisdom and there's a lot of precedent to the advantages and to the wisdom and the benefits of really thinking through what are my boundaries going to be and and what what does I what do I want my dating experience to look like compared to my marriage experience I would hope that people would want their dating um, relationship to be foundational for their marriage relationship I think that is something we've definitely gotten away from um, Society seems to separate those two things, but really dating is meant to build a foundation for your future and for your marriage. And so I think we'll just um, wrap up or summarize with, uh, you know, being intentional and knowing what your non-negotiables are and, and what your negotiables are. Yeah. And just, un and just understanding that having a plan makes a lot of sense because it's the plan for your future and it's worth taking a little bit of time and thinking about knowing where you want to go dating wise and relationship wise and then every relationship decision after that should fit into my goal so to wrap up i want to read that verse that we feel is a foundational verse that really guides us in this and it comes from jeremiah 6 16 thus says the lord stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. And so the good way is the ancient path, the design, the way you were made to be, the way you were made to go. We don't have to invent something brand new, but what has been established will work for our best.